Hello, welcome to another episode of Business by the Spirit. My name is Chika Ebuzo. I am so excited about the feedback I'm getting from the first part of the series which I started last week titled The Beauty of Hardship. And I am also excited to be with you this week. In this episode, I will be concluding the series which I started in the first podcast. But before I start, I'd like to do a brief recap. Last week, I said that God uses hardship to promote his children and reposition them to take opportunities. I also stated that he does not cause hardship, but he uses it to showcase his glory in the life of a believer, especially a believer who is in business. I also stated that successful entrepreneurs and businesses have one thing in common. They have mastered the art of turning adversity into profit. The truth is that if you run away always from trouble, you miss the opportunity for expansion and upliftment. When problems and challenges come your way, rejoice because your promotion is in the vicinity. Last week I read from Proverbs chapter 24 verse 10, the Living Bible, a paraphrase, he said, if you run away from trouble, you are made of a weak specimen. So this week, I'll continue by sharing some examples of people who sailed the storms of life to excel and also show you how we can use adversity to our advantage. Let us dive right in. First, let us take a look at Isaiah chapter 51 from verse 1 to 2. Isaiah 51 from verse 1 to 2. It says, Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. Look unto the rock whence you are hewn, and to the hole of the pit whence you are digged. Look unto Abraham your father, and unto Sarah that bear you. For I called him alone, and blessed him, and increased him. So, in summary, what that scripture is saying, you that seek the Lord, look at Abraham as your mentor, so to speak. Get lessons for life from Abraham. So, we're going to go to Genesis 13, from verse 10 to 15. Genesis 13, from verse 10 to 15, to see how Abraham sealed the storms of life to excel. Genesis 13, from verse 10 to 15. Genesis 13 from verse 10 says, And Lord lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest Otozua. What happened was that Abraham and Lot became so rich that their servants had issues. There was no space for their for their livestock and it became an issue. And so Abraham said to Lot, we are family, let's not quarrel. So choose a part of the land, a portion of the land where you and your staff will go to. So this is what took place. 11, then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan and Lot journeyed east and they separated themselves, the one from another. Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent 
towards Sodom. For the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. And the Lord said unto Abraham, After that Lord was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art northward, and southward, and eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. Here's what happened. There was a breakup, there was separation, and if you've been through a breakup of it, or, or a loved one has left you, or someone you were hoping to be a blessing to your life decided to leave, to depart, you know it's heartbreaking, it's shattering. And here's someone that Abraham had journeyed with and challenges brought a separation between them. I feel Abraham at that time was distraught, he was disturbed and God had to speak to him. Listen, not everybody will move with you to your promised land. Most times God will take away some people so that he can promote you. God will take away some relationships. God will take away some people you focus on, some people you put your hope on to move you to your next level. You don't need to take them along either for emotional reasons or for any reason at all. If you take them along when God does not intend for them to come with you, they will become baggages and most times they will slow you down. Eventually, you will still have to let them go. For some of you listening to me, I think it's time for you to let go and let God. You have to find out the relationship that slowing you down and gently let them go. So that is what Abraham did and you know how painful it is to let go of a relationship that must have lasted and, and years. Having done that, having asked Lord to take a portion of land and go, God came up to Abraham and the Bible recorded that Lord took the best part of the land and God came up to Abraham and said, Son, look to the north, the east, the west and the south. The land you see, everything you see, I have given to you and to your seed. Another scripture I'd like us to look at is Genesis 26 from verse 1 to 4 and also verse 12. Genesis 26 verse 1 to 4 and also verse 12. Genesis 26 from verse 1 says, And there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerah. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee, for unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father, and I will make thee, and I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and will give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Verse 12 he says then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year an hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. How can someone sow in scarcity and receive a hundredfold profit? He must have seen something, he must have gotten a strategy from God. Well, some of you listening to me, you're saying that's Old Testament happening. Um, You've been reading from Genesis. Is there an example from the from the New Testament? Yes, there is. There is. 
there are examples of people who excelled in the midst of the storm, who took advantage of the storm to excel, or who despite the storm in their life, the challenges, the hindrances, excelled. Let's see a businessman who had toiled and wasn't making profit. Luke chapter 5 from verse 4 to 7. Luke 5, 4 to 7. Luke 5, 4 to 7 says, reading from verse 4, Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering, said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the nights, and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net break. Seven says that they had to call others to come and help them. So here's what Simon was saying. Sir, I've been in this business for a long time. I know where to go to to get fish. And I've been toiling all day. And you're telling me to go back there and get the same fish that I haven't been able to catch. But he said something instructive. He said, at thy word, at thy word. And he moved, he made the move and caught a lot of fish. One thing to note is that everyone that sailed through tough winds in the scripture or from the from the scripture we just we just read heard and saw something they had an encounter with god if the spirit of god permits me I, I, i'll teach on encounters with god but not this time they got an instruction that put them above the hardship of their time so to ride the storm and come out victorious here is what you should do before i shared the scripture as an entrepreneur difficulties will come but you have to make up your mind or position your mind to see the light in the darkness to ask the right questions to open your eyes to the opportunities hidden in the thick cloud of impossibilities let's take a look at mark chapter 10 from verse 47 to verse 52 mark 10 47 to 52 and when he heard that it was jesus of nazareth he began to cry out and say jesus thou son of david have mercy on me this is talking about blind Bartimaeus. he heard that jesus was in the vicinity and he began to cry saying jesus son of david have mercy on me 48 and many charged him that he should hold his peace but he cried the more a great deal thou son of david have mercy on me you know this is relatable in our generation today when you choose to do the right thing when you choose to walk according to the dictates of the word of god you you get people calling you all sorts of names many think you're a fool for believing god despite the challenges you're seeing others come to tell you to look for another way they say heaven help helps those who help themselves but that's not in the scripture though. they want to make you see reality in quote according to them let's let's be real nothing is more real than the word of god the word of god is spirit and if you if you've chosen to act on it stick to the word as long as the spirit of god has given you assurances from the scripture stick to it so here they were trying to stop 
blind Bartimaeus from calling out to Jesus. The Bible says he kept shouting, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. 49. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he called thee. 50 says, And he casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. The one and Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received the sight and followed Jesus in the way. From the scripture we just read, we see that when the blind man noticed that Jesus, the word of God, was in the vicinity, he began to worship him and exalt his name. Listen, when you face challenges, when you come against obstacles, either financial challenges as a businessman or businesswoman, either a policy change, whatever it is, Know that Jesus is in the vicinity. Understand that the problem didn't come to kill you. Don't run away from it. There is a right way to tackle these kind of challenges and turn them to your advantage. That's what you're going to see as I go on. So Jesus was in the vicinity and blind Bartimaeus noticed it and began to cry out. So when challenges come your way, Know that Jesus is in the vicinity. Jesus, the word of God, is in the vicinity. The first thing you need to do is to begin to worship Jesus and ask him for mercy, for your eyes to be opened. When you come against a brick wall, so to speak, you come against obstacles, you look at your business and it looks like it's crumbling and there's no headway. The first thing you need to do is to begin to worship Jesus, exalt his name, ask him for mercy to open your eyes to see the opportunities hidden in this challenge. Ask him for mercy to open your eyes to know what to learn out of this challenge. You know, one of my mentors did a teaching entitled, Don't Let a Crisis Go to Waste. So you worship Jesus, you ask him to show you his mind concerning the matter. Ask him to show you what you need to learn. Do not pray to come out of the problem quickly. Do not pray that the problem should end. Like we read in James chapter 1, he says, from message translation, uh, paraphrase, he says, don't seek to run out quickly. He says, stay there. Let's read James chapter 1 for verse 2. I'll read from the King James Version and also from the message translation. James chapter 1 verse 2. Reading from the King James Version, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience for. But let patience have a perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. 5 says, I like verse 5. It says, If any of you lack wisdom, the message translation says, If you do not know what to do, here, King James says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. If you lack wisdom to deal with the challenges, if you don't know the way out, if you don't know what to do, he says, Let him ask God 
that giveth to all men liberally and upbraided not, and it shall be given him. Let's see how the message translation puts it. James chapter 1 from verse 2, reading from the message translation. It says, Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. Interested? There's a true color of faith. Wow. Let's continue. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Don't pray to get out of the problem. Don't run away from the problem. It says, verse 4, reading from the message translation, James chapter 1, it says, Don't so, don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. In other words, if you continually avoid problems, you become deficient. You, you lose something. You miss something. Proverbs 24.10, I said earlier, the living Bible says, if you run away, this is me paraphrasing from problems. It says you are of a weak specimen. Verse 5, it says, if you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You will get his help and won't be condescended to when you ask for it. So you see, whenever I can't stop saying this, I can't I'll keep emphasizing on this. Whenever you come across a challenge, the first thing you should do is to run to Jesus. Ask him, Father, what do I do? Ask him, Lord, what lesson do you want me to learn? Lord, show me your mind concerning this situation. How do I get light out of this darkness? While worshiping Jesus, you will receive scriptures in your spirit that will reveal the mind of God or the next step for you to take. God always answers prayers and he speaks in accordance with his word. So as you worship him, you're there worshiping Jesus, lifting the problem to him. Father, I leave this challenge to you, this policy change to you. Lord, how do I go about it? Jesus, show me your light in this matter. Lord, what do I need to learn? Father, I worship you. I exalt your name. It could take days. It could take hours. It could be a minute. Just keep worshiping Jesus and asking him what you need to learn, what his mind is concerning this situation that has come against you. He will surely speak and he will speak through his word. Let's take a look at Jonah chapter 2. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. Verse 1. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Verse 2. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason so. Jonah was in problem. He wasn't complaining. In fact, he couldn't run away. He was deep down in the fish's belly. And here's what he did. Verse 3. He said, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floors compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet will I look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The death closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped around my head. Here's Jonah describing his problem. He was in deep trouble. 7. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. 
the earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet has thou brought up my life from corruption. O Lord my God, there is no problem too much, too deep, too high, too big for God to solve. No matter how long it has lasted. Verse 8. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came in unto thee, into thy holy temple. He remembered the Lord when his soul was about to give up. Verse 9 says, They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. In other words, if you choose to look at the challenges instead of looking unto Jesus, instead of looking at the word of God or what the word of God has said to you, you will miss the mercy that has been customized, reserved for you to overcome that situation. Let me show you what the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 4 from verse 16. It says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. When you come against an obstacle, it is a time of need. Instead of running around or running away, run to the throne of grace so that you will obtain customized mercy and customized grace to deal with that issue. That's what Jonah was explaining in Jonah chapter 2 from verse 9. He says, they that observe the challenges Putting it in perspective, trying to, I'm trying to make it applicable. The scripture says they that observe the wind will not sow. When you focus on challenges, it has a way of crippling you. It has a way of disabling your mind. All you will see is impossibilities. But when you run to the throne of grace, you will obtain mercy and grace customized for you to bring about a solution. Let's continue. We're reading from Jonah chapter 2, we're in verse 10. Then Jonah says something instructive. He said, I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. Yes, someone who goes in the belly of the fish. He's not complaining. He said, I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed and he made an important revelation. Salvation is of the Lord. Safety is of the Lord. Solution is of the Lord. The way out is of the Lord. And here's what God did in verse 11. Verse 11 says, I'm so excited reading this. And the Lord spake unto the fish and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. When you worship Jesus, when you want to the throne of grace, solution will be vomited out, so to speak. In fact, that challenge, that obstacle will vomit out the solution, will vomit out your promotion, will vomit out your next level, will vomit out your answer to prayer. Every challenge has hidden in it potentials for your upliftment, potentials for your advancement, potentials for your progress as an entrepreneur. Don't run away from it. You also have to be sensitive to your environment because even as God speaks through the scripture, you could also get ideas from books, you could get ideas from even conversations, and advice from, from someone close to you on what to do as you receive the scripture or the nudging, take it back to God and worship Him. So you're faced with a challenge at work 
or your business has challenges, there's a policy change that is affecting you negatively, you take the policy change to the throne of grace, whatever it is, whatever the challenge may be, and you start worshipping Jesus, lift up the challenge to him in worship, in thanksgiving, just like Jonah said, that he will do a sacrifice of thanksgiving to God. And you see what happened in verse 11, that God ordered the fish to vomit Jonah out of dry land. So you're in the belly of the fish, so to speak. This problem has come, threatening to swallow you. So you take it up to God in worship. Your mind has to be still. Be still and know that I am God. A troubled mind will never get anything from God. If you go to James chapter 1, you read it there. A mind that wavers, that is disturbed, will not be able to get anything from God. As you come to the throne of grace, be calm, be still. Know that you are coming to the solution provider. Jonah said in verse 10 that salvation is of the Lord. He that cometh to the Lord must know that he is and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's Hebrew chapter 11 verse 6. You're there, still calm, worshipping Jesus, thanking him for this problem that has come. Thanking him because he will show forth his glory from this problem. Thanking him because he will bring forth light out of this seeming darkness that has come against your business. You're there worshipping him. Father, open my eyes. Have mercy upon me. Show me what to do. Show me the lessons I need to learn. Show me insights concerning this matter. What is your mind concerning this thing? Show me your scripture. Tell me how to deal with it. Show me. And as you're there, you're worshipping him. Exalting his holy name, thanking him for this problem. You're thanking him because you know that this problem that has come against you is an opportunity for growth. And Jesus will open your eyes just like blind Bartimaeus. He shows you a word. Maybe Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1, that says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. I'm just giving that as an example. Or you're in a conversation with a friend and you just hear, hey, get an idea. Or the Spirit of God nudges you to open it, to read a book and you get an idea. Don't rush. Take the word, take that idea, take that advice back to God. Worship Him for that answer. Take it back to God. Worship Him. Thank Him. For that word that has come, thank him for that light which he has shown. Thank him for the advice. Thank him for the idea you got from the book. Then you begin to ask him to show you the way you have to apply the word to your situation for a change. Ask him to show you how to implement the scripture. Lord, show me. When he shows you, apply it and continue in thanksgiving and worship no matter what the outcome is. Funny enough, in most situations, as you apply the word, Things will become tougher. Don't look on the outside. As you apply the instructions with the Spirit of God has given you, things might go bad, might get worse. Don't look on the outside. Focus on Jesus and keep thanking Him. Just like Jonah in the belly of the fish, he was giving thanks. And God eventually ordered the, the fish to vomit Jonah. Let me show you something. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. From verse 17 says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. In other words, the challenge has not come to stay. Interestingly, you determine how long that challenge will stay in your life. If you keep focusing on the challenge, it saps energy from you. But here's what Paul is saying. He says, there is glory that will come from this problem. It depends on the way you see it. 
How is that possible? How will it be possible? I'm going through a challenge and you're telling me that there's benefits, that there's glory hidden in it. How? Verse 18 answers that question. Paul says, this is how. While we look not at the things which are seen, while we do not focus on the problem, but at the things which are not seen. What are the things that are not seen? The things that are not seen are the images God has shown you as you were worshipping Him. The scripture which He has given to you to back those images. He goes on to say, For the things which are seen are temporal, they are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. They last. Paul is giving you a tip on how to overcome this thing that has come against you. How to stay in thanksgiving despite what's happening around you. He said, do not look. We will reap the benefit of this problem. I'm paraphrasing. If we stop looking at the challenges, one important thing you also have to do is that you have to apply yourself to helping others meet their needs in their lives. You have to let mercy flow out of your bowels easily, holding nothing back, don't bear grudges. Let people go, forgive them, help people achieve their own goal, help them, whatever the need is. The Bible says that he that waters shall of himself be watered. Proverbs 11.25 Listen, what I've been sharing with you, Jesus himself applied these steps while he was faced with a challenge at a particular time. Did Jesus face challenges? Well, let's take a look at Mark chapter 6 from verse 35 to 39. Mark chapter 6 from verse 35 to 39. And when the day was now fast spent, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away. Jesus had held a crusade. So the disciples came to Jesus to say, send them away that they may go into the country roundabout and into the villages and buy themselves bread and food to eat, for they have nothing to eat. Then Jesus answered and said unto them, give ye them to eat. And they said unto him, shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to eat? So there was a challenge. Jesus wanted to give refreshment to his, to those listening to him. And the resources were not there. Or rather, it was not enough. So that was a challenge. I, I like the way John narrated what happened. Let us see John chapter 6 from verse 6. From verse 5. John chapter 6 from verse 5. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes, a great company come unto him. He said unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these people may eat? 6 says something instructive and this he said to prove him for he himself jesus himself knew what he would do i take that again and this he said to prove him to prove philip he was testing him for he himself jesus himself knew what he would do this is jesus the word of god he knew what to do so this goes to portray the point that when you're faced with a challenge you have to run to Jesus, cry to Jesus like blind Bartimaeus did. Ask him for mercy, we worship him. Tell me what to do. Here Jesus knew what to do. Verse 7, Philip answered him saying, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. Philip was saying, sir, there's no money to pay the staff. We do not have money to execute that contract. Verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, There is a lad here which had five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? So, 
Andrew came up with a suggestion saying we have two fishes and five loaves but it is still not enough. One thing I've learned is that all you need for a headway in life is inside you but because of comparison, because of ignorance, because of the way the society has made most people to think, they look down on what God has put in them. Everything God has put in you is a seed for your greatness. Here's what Andrew said. Let's read that again. He said, all we have is five loaves and two fishes. How will it be enough? And verse 10, and Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Now this same five loaves and two fishes went on to feed over 5,000 people, and they still got back 12 baskets. Now how did he do it? The Bible says, verse 11, and Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, when he had given thanks, this is the same thing Jonah did in Jonah chapter 2 verse from verse 10. He says, I will sacrifice unto the Lord with the voice of thanksgiving. Salvation comes from the Lord. Here's what Jesus is doing. He took that seeming insufficient thing, that gift that you think won't do anything, that idea that you think might not bring a solution. This thing we are talking about is big. It's not the small thing. That thing that looks inconsequential in your eyes is what God wants to use to bring you out to limelight. That idea that you think is small, the resources that you think is not enough, is what God wants to use. That's why the prayer for mercy, for open eyes, is what you need because everything you need is around you. All you need is for God to open your eyes to see how to get it, how to apply it and where to apply it. So here's Jesus with that five loaves and two fishes that Andrew said wasn't enough. Jesus took it and gave thanks. The Bible says he knew what to do. Now he took it. He knew he got an instruction from God, from his father. You know, Jesus said one time that what I see my father do, that I do also. So, so he, his eyes, so to speak, were open. He saw what to do. He saw how to do it. You know, when they said the, the, the five loaves and two fishes, two fishes won't be enough, he didn't say anything. He just instructed them, ask the people to sit down. He wasn't moved by the insufficiency, by, by the challenge, by the lack. He knew that out of this will come forth light. He knew what he ought to do. 11 says he took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed it to the disciples and the disciples distributed it to them who were set down and likewise the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain that nothing be lost. So let's not rush it. There's something I want to bring out from this scripture. So Jesus gives thanks. You're here worshiping. He gives you the scripture. You take it back to him, thanking him. You're worshiping God actually for the problem, for, for the benefits that will come out of the problem. He gives you a scripture, you get an idea either from a conversation or from a book. You take it back to him in worship and say, Lord, show me how to apply it. This is what Jesus did in heaven. He started giving thanks, thanking God. Though not literally, but I'm applying it to, to our day. So he got the application. He thanked God and got the application. The application was to distribute it through the disciples. And they distributed it. And 12 says, when they were filled, when the people were filled, five loaves of bread, 
two fishes filled over 5,000 people because they only recorded 5,000 men. There were women and children. When they were filled, five loaves of bread and two fishes filled over 5,000 people, they ate till they were full. And he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing will be lost. Listen, everything that God shows you, every challenge you overcome, you have to master the principle. Is a seed, a stepping stone for a greater challenge that will come. It will be a morale booster when something big comes against you again in the future. Here's what he said to his disciples. He said, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing will be lost. From these principles you've learned from the challenge, from the experience you gleaned, from the challenges you overcame, you will also be able to teach your mentees, teach your employees. You will also be able to use it to set up something else. In fact, from challenges, businesses are born. You might be solving a challenge in your supply business and the solution that comes out leads you to a fleet management company. It says gather the fragments. Don't waste the experience. If possible, document it. Principles are the building blocks of life. They will help you whenever you come against any situation. So the Bible records that they, they gathered it and they got 12 baskets full. That's the benefits out of the challenge. So we have seen that when you are faced with hardship, it is an opportunity for promotion. I've stressed that all through this teaching. My time is fast spent. I'll have to stop here. But before I go, I'd like to pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for those ones that have taken time to listen to this podcast. I ask that your grace go with them. Plant these words in their heart. Strengthen them to face whatever challenges that has come up against them. Grant them the wisdom to implement what they've learned and let them see a turnaround in the mighty name of Jesus. And if you've not given your life to Christ, I'd like to invite you to please say this prayer after me. Just say, Father, I thank you for this wonderful opportunity to hear your word. I come before your throne of grace to obtain mercy. Wash me with the blood of Jesus. I forsake sin today. I declare I will live for Jesus and I accept Jesus as the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, come and dwell in me, in Jesus' name. If you just said that prayer, please send me a message. I'd like to get to know you and pray with you. You can reach me on my social media handles at Chika Ebuzo, at Chika Ebuzo on Facebook, on Twitter, across all social media handles. Until I come your way next week, same time. Bye-bye.